The following event is a more Ace Audio production. Introducing first, from London, England, the team of Ace and Skillet. This is the Kickout. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Kickout. It's Bank Holiday Weekend. Today's Monday. I've had a such a good time this weekend. I can't remember most of it, but it was fun had. I know that for sure. And I'm with here, my co-host Mex. I'm sure you had a really lovely weekend as well. Yep, it's, it's not finished. I'm, I'm trying to get out the last bit of sun in the next couple of hours. So we'll get yes. through this episode and um, yes, yeah, me too. last bit yes. of enjoyment. For sure. Um, another thing that we enjoyed over the weekend was a... Oh, <laughs> a wrestling pay-per-view. It was AEW's Double or Nothing 2021 pay-per-view. It was uh, quite the showing. It's the first time they've had a live crowd in over a year. Yeah. Like a live, apparently, crowd one year, apparently one year, one month and one day. The crowd was back. I was looking at like, the crowd. was just like It just felt like old times. Everybody was standing right next to each other. There was no social distancing. I was like, wow, this, they're really going for it. Um, and the crowd just brought, like, like wrestling crowds do, just brought a new energy yeah. and a new life into AEW and pay-per-view. And, and you could see it really sparked a lot of energy from the wrestlers going forward. Um, I didn't get to see the pre-show, Max. Okay. Um, uh, what, what match was that? Was that a Serena Deeb? Serena Deeb defending Deeb, the yeah. NWA Championship against Riho. Okay, tell me about that. Is that good? fantastic match i was watching this match yeah thinking how is anyone supposed to follow this mm-hmm. like they put on a mm-hmm. clinic on the pre-show serena deeb i don't know maybe because she's not necessarily glamorous and all of this kind of stuff but she she's sick <laughs> like yeah. she's very very good yeah she's been she's been underrated for a very long time like cm punk will tell you that you know what I mean? like she's yeah, been yeah. criminally criminally uh underrated for a long time but she's got yeah she's she's carved out her own lane and i'm glad aew's given her the platform to kind of show her talents um so how did this match kind of go um was it was serena deeb in her last yeah. match or two she's kind of taken on the role of a heel so mm-hmm. um yeah she she really kind of healed up against Riho, worked on her her leg i think it was her left leg um throughout the entire match and that's what played into the finish um, I forget what she calls her finisher, but um, she put her in it and really like the talk on her leg, like um, Riho's foot was nearly touching her head. That's how she was like, it's like a Boston Crab sort of, but oh, yeah. yeah, it's like she bending her back so much, her foot nearly touched her head and Riho tapped out. But um, yeah, a lot of people were saying that there was a lot of sun during this. So it, was a, <laughs> it was a triple threat match between Serena D, Riho and the sun because it was still quite early in the day over there. Um, so the sun was hitting hitting them in the ring, but really, really good match. Honestly, like I, I thought, no, nah, they're doing too much in the in the in the pre-show still. Okay, all right. You know, I need to. You know, what? I need to watch that match back. I did. So I caught the pay-per-view. I didn't see the pre-show, but this kick, the match that kick-started the pay-per-view, Hangman Page, Brian Cage. Uh, this was a very good opener. I was very pleasantly surprised. It was fun. The energy of the crowd. Both men brought it well booked as well in terms of booking. How this whole match laid out was amazing. Please talk to me about this match, mate. Yeah, so like you said, obviously, um, Brian Cage had been the aggressor in recent weeks. Handman Page has come to get his his win back. Um, 
I guess things started taking a turn when Ricky Starks, Hook, they got involved, obviously other members of Team Taz. Ricky Starks had given uh, Brian Cage the FTW title to use. I think the referee was distracted. Brian Cage refused to use it. Um, and then with with that distraction is what led to Brian um, Brian <laughs> Adam Page putting him away with the um, the lariat. Um, really good match throughout. We saw an F five from Adam Page, which was madness. It came yeah. out of nowhere. Um, Page did the Avalanche F five off the top rope. Yeah, yeah, that was that as well. Um, yeah, a lot of really good spots here. Brian Cage obviously showing his athleticism and stuff. I'm not too keen on his whole machine thing and like the get up he wears to the ring and stuff. I think it, I, I just think it looks cheap. I don't think that it's done well enough to pull off. Yeah, like I know it's like machine terminator kind of vibes, but um, yeah, I, I don't think it looks great. But other than that, I thought this was it was a very, very good way to start the, the whole pay per view. The crowd were red hot. The crowd love Adam Page. Him and Darby yeah. Allen, they can they're do over, no wrong, man. bro. Yeah, very, over, very man. much so. So, um, yeah, great, great start to the show. Okay, and I just enjoy that. So we'll continue. Um, okay. Uh, so the team Taz. It seems it seems like it's starting to fall apart. Ricky Starks, but Ricky Starks will probably the he'll be probably be the um, the main guy going forward, right? To, yeah, to... so uh, since Revolution, the last pay-per-view, Brian Cage has been teasing that he may leave or that, you know, he's not a heel anymore and he's seeing a bit of sense and stuff like that. And then obviously this was a step in the right direction. There was a bit of shenanigans after the match as well, where he kind of pushed past Ricky Stark and <laughs> Ricky Stark was reminding him that like, don't hurt me, like I've got my neck injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> and yeah. Um, so, yeah, we might, we might see in the next couple of weeks, Brian Cage kind of leave these guys, um, which is fine by me because this is just a losing faction. But yeah, if Ricky Starks kind of takes on the mantle, it could be, could be fun, but yeah. And then power, powerhouse hubs maybe to get have his own little solo run. Yeah, powerhouse hubs could kind of fill the void of you know Brian Cage. I, when they added Hobbs, I thought, isn't this Cage's roles in in the first yeah, place? Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, the Cage needs to go off and do something a bit better, a bit more interesting, and these guys can slowly grow together. I think it works best. Next up, we had the uh, the match between Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the Young Bucks. This was a very good uh, build up going into this uh, yeah. match. Young Bucks turning heel again, and and uh, even Young Bucks reasoning for turning heel and like you know their family like that's mm. Kenny Omega's my family. The Young Bucks, you know what I mean? Like why why would I not back him? Oh, we got a light in the building. <laughs> What's up, Elijah? How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. It's nice weather today. Watched a great pay-per-view. I don't know, man. Feel, feels like the end of the wrestling pandemic, at least. Good spirits, man. Yeah, for sure. You look good? Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we really enjoyed Yeah, We thoroughly enjoyed the pay-per-view as well. Um, it does seem like everything's kind of going back to normal. And uh, we we're just literally just talking about the Hangman Page, Brian Cage match. Quickly, before we go into the tag match, what... What's kind of your thoughts of that opening match? Um, I guess in general, like, AEW has to do these things where you kind of know where things are going, but then they still have to put on a good match on top of that, and you kind of know what the result is going to be. And it's just like, how they're going to do it is the excitement. Yeah. And with this thing, like, it was a good match, good opener, and it went exactly the way you expected. And I don't know, like, nothing else really happened on top of that. Like, hopefully... What happens next is um, like Cage eventually leaves and then 
um, Taz has to get the belt back off him. But yeah. it's got to find, find all the different challenges, isn't it? It's like, okay, like, I need a bounty on this guy's head. I need my, my FDW title my FDW back. Sure. And that's then there, there's that's a story good. there, isn't it? That's but, yeah, good. It was a good match, yeah. man. I really, I really enjoy um, Hangman. I really enjoy Cage, so. Yeah. Yeah. And Taz on commentary as well, man. Like I'm, I'm an old school Taz fan, so yep. yeah. You know, yeah. you know, Ryan, isn't it? Like from, <laughs> from yeah. there, from. Bro, that was your guy, bro. <laughs> that yeah. was your guy. So. Elijah loved Taz so much. <laughs> I think when Taz went to WWE and the way he was booked, <laughs> that's one. Of the, that was one of the first steps of when Elijah started hating WWE. <laughs> 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 they think, think people's favorites. It's like so. Uh, WWE, yeah. there's something else, man. Um. All right, yeah, so Young Bucks uh, versus Kingston and Moxley. I, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed the build-up going into this. Max, please um, have a little rundown for us, please, and how this match went. Yeah, the fans. The fans were mad for this match when these lot come out. And um, obviously, we had just a big scrap before the match even got started. When the, the not their pyro, but the streamers, when the young box are posing in the ring and the streamers are on, that's when, you know, these men kind of sneak attack them to get the match started. And um, just throughout the match, there was just some, it was good wrestling mixed with just, you know, sheer brutality. Of course, we had to see Moxley bleed, which is becoming a, a regular thing at these pay-per-views. Um, I think we saw Gallows and Anderson try to get involved in this match as well before the finish. Um, but they were kind of, I think Gallows tried to do a sneak attack, but he was sussed out pretty quickly. Um, and to get to the to the finish... We literally saw Young Bucks spam Moxley with um, the V triggers or the BTE yeah. trigger. Like they gave him four, which is which is good in terms of you know really making him look strong and being able to pin him. I think it would have been very easy to pin Eddie Kingston in this and keep Moxley strong and stuff, but they they found a way to pin Moxley and all of that. Um, a lot of mixed views online in terms of did the right people, you know, walk out as champions. What do you guys think? Should, should the belts have changed hands here? Or? No, no. The, the Young Bucks needs to keep that those belts for a while. Um, same with Omega needs to keep his titles for a while. Uh, What's think, a while though? Like, I mean, they've had the belts since November. Like, for how, long, how, long, how long do you want them? It's, 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 man like, it's man like June tomorrow. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you, but I just, I, 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 I'm not convinced. Moxley. I feel their tag run has only really started since they turned heel like a month ago. For sure. Okay. I agree. Before sure. that, I think they were just kind of dilly dallying and it wasn't really in anything, but now it's something. Yeah. Totally agree with that. And also, I don't think Moxley and Kingston, that's because they have some sort of chemistry. They won't have, realistically, they're not going to have the chemistry that Young Bucks has, especially, you know, it's uh, such an established tag team throughout, throughout the years. Yeah. So realistically speaking, in a booking sense, it, it, it was the right decision that the box went over. Uh, but I really yeah. enjoyed it. We can do the match again as well. Like, we know, like, Moxley's going to have a baby. It's like, why exactly. put the titles on him? He might not be on the show for a few weeks. It's like, there's a moment to, to clean this up. Bucks yeah. can go through a few, a few more people come whatever all out time when i don't know this this kind of elite thing crumbles hopefully like they can they can lose the moxley they can lose the moxley and kingston and and uh yeah we'll get to the other bits later uh after that we had the uh casino battle royal uh i think arguably i think this is the best they've done the best battle royal they've done so far 100 yeah, um, i agree 
it wasn't so, you know, some of these battle roles, it gets a bit messy, a lot of stuff's going on, you don't really know what's happening, a lot of these surprise entrants, and it just, it just gets a bit tacky. But then this one was actually, I think, booked really well. Um, Max, what was your thoughts about this match? Um, yeah, I, I thought it was booked really well, like you said. Obviously, we had um, Paul White um, out on commentary. This is the first time, you know, unless you watch Elevation, this is the first time a lot of us would have seen him kind of do his thing on commentary. And to, if I'm completely honest, I wasn't really focusing on him. Like, I was just watching what's going on in the ring. Um, Christian, Mr. Outwork Everyone, came out first and mm-hmm. basically kind of ran the gauntlet throughout this. Max Caster was part of the, that first group that came out and he, you know, he had his raps as, as, as usual. Um, as this match went on, we saw, oh, of course, we saw the Joker. He was Leo Rush. Um I feel he 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 was good. The crowd were hyped for him, but I feel like it was a bit of a wasted debut. Yeah. Like, Elijah, do you think do you think they've signed Leo Rush, or do you think this was just something no, that they, might, they might use it sporadically here and there? I just I just read that he's he's with New Japan, so it's just like a sporadic thing. It's just like a nice thing for the crowd, and and to be honest, um, they need more guys, right? So. <laughs> right now it's nice to have like a pop up on a night and like a guy to like that to have a moment in in north america in front of a crowd but geez we don't need more more guys I, I don't think anyone kind of saw him coming obviously people had mentioned brian danielson they had mentioned andrade paul white off commentary like no one had thought of leo rush you know um and for me he kind of came in and he, he didn't look like he had any intention to win this he looked like he, his intentions <laughs> were just to fight um private party <laughs> just Mark Quinn and and um, what's his face, Isaiah Cassidy, but um yeah, after he he was out, then obviously we had the little back and forth between Matt Hardy and Christian, which is obviously nice for um you know a little callback to action. I did I did enjoy that the crowd stood up for that. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did like that. That was nice. That was nice. Yeah. Um, Penta when he was in, he looked brilliant in his little Joker costume and that. Um. But yeah, when it's all said and done, Christian, Jungle Boy were the last two left. Jungle Boy won. Christian came back in, showed him respect, told him, you know, you better win the AEW championship. Um, I don't mind Jungle Boy winning. I think this is kind of good. But I do feel like it was a bit over-celebrated. Mm. Like, maybe they just wanted the crowd to sing along with his, you know, his Tarzan theme or whatever. But like, He's not going to beat Kenny Omega in two weeks. So why was the celebration so big? Well, I think it's just kind of like putting an establishment on Jungle Boy and where they want to position him in, in the company. So they, they, they probably have... this is Instead of it being a case of this is the man that's going to be the next champion, which is that's not going to happen. But this is the man that's the future. Does that make any sense? So he's probably yeah, going yeah, yeah. But he's that That's them putting a, you know, a, you know, a, a stamp on it. Like, this guy is our guy going forward like yes it won't be anytime soon when he wins the belt but there are there's there's a lot of stock in i completely get you and i feel like that would make just a bit more sense if this was say king of the ring Mm. you see what i mean like Mm. these these battle royals are so kind of throwaway and like you said, you know, they just, they're putting this match on Dynamite in two weeks' time. Kenny Omega mm. versus Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy hasn't got a chance in hell that he's mm. beating Kenny Omega on TV. Like Elijah, um, with Jungle Boy, do you think he can sustain this gimmick as a serious contender going forward? Or do you think, you know, he'll go against Omega with this gimmick and he'll 
you know, do well in the mid card with this gimmick. But in terms of him hitting that main event status, it will have to be changed his gimmick a bit. No, I'm not questioning any any gimmicks at the moment because, like, Derby shouldn't work. Max Caster shouldn't work. There's certain things that I've, been, I've, I've spoken to you guys in, the group, in WhatsApp before where it's like, it's distinctive and it's different and it's new. Uh, there isn't a comparison of Jungle Boy from the past. Mm-hmm. There isn't really a comparison of like Hangman from the past, a sad cowboy. Like, what is that? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah. in a positive way, it's like, it's just it's just new. It's like new personalities from modern times. You know what I'm saying? I, I see these things like, okay, it's Jungle Boy, like an anxious kind of young guy. It's like a lot of people will identify with that. You know what I'm saying? doesn't have to be like i don't know like the 80s you know but to, to be a main eventer even even kenny's like that like there's some things in kenny i just think they're so goofy but it's 2021 it's just new energies new auras new personalities and if it works it works i'm not gonna fight it i think elijah's spot on there and i think, I think, that, I think, and, that, and I think that's something and i think that's something wwe struggles with till this day that they, they, there's some instances where some wrestlers are so talented that they push their awkwardness and their weird, you know, selves into making it work and people can make it relatable. Mm. But I think Elijah's right where AEW is a bit more screwed on with, well, why can't this work? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where WWE, they still, are, I think they're still a bit stuck. He's definitely yeah. right. Yeah, and it's like that AEW thing where you have so I was saying, I was just saying, you're right. And AEW don't have this thing where it's, um, you know, everyone has to be a heel or a face. Like you can just be yourself and be angry sometimes, and be sad sometimes, and be happy sometimes. Um, but I was just gonna say, I think they are kind of leaving the door semi-open for Jungle Boy because um, obviously they call him Jungle Boy Jack Perry. So the Jungle Boy could very easily be gotten rid of, you know, in in my opinion, and he could just be Jack Perry and. His dad is, isn't his dad like an actor or something? Yeah, Luke Perry. His dad was massive. When when Elijah and I were kids, he was was everywhere on Hollywood. Oh, yeah. I think that could be something that they, you know, they draw upon once upon a time. If they ditch the Jungle Boy stuff, he can just be Jack Perry drawing that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, like, it's it's, it's all should be open for interpretation. That's what it should be, yeah. Elijah, were you going to say anything before we move on? Yeah, it's just that, I guess... We have to get out of the mindset of thinking a certain type of personality is a is a main event personality or a main event type of presentation. It's the same like reason that you know there's not like many black champions. It's like, oh this this isn't a main event look or gimmick or thing or like it's like if we if we take away all those boxes and just go with what works and push that to the moon, then we're gonna have champions and and teams and 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 stars that didn't look like anything in the past like completely unrecognizable like there's a lot of things on AEW that like if someone hasn't watched wrestling for for 20 years they will just their mind will be blown they'll be entertained but they'll be like okay how does this work this is yeah how does this work so i want to kind of say counter to something you just said Elijah, because there's a lot of people who are giving kofi's slap about the pancakes throwing and things like that if he did that in AEW, yeah would that work as a main okay. event? This, this is this is my thing with the pancakes. Yeah, is and and a lot of characters in WWE is that no matter what happens, they will do their entrance and throw the pancakes, whatever. But I think in in any other wrestling company, if the previous time you saw them, they're getting spiked on their head, they'll be pissed. Or someone threw a drink over them, they're gonna avoid 
getting drinks thrown at them. Do you know what I mean? There's subtle things that everyone has in their presentation, even like a Moxley entrance that all started from him getting jumped from behind from when he first came into AEW. Mm. So there's things that like you see the smarts of the baby faces and heels that they do to to kind of develop their character. And if let's say the the pancake thing throwing is like, hold on, I've got a, I've got a title. You boys throw the pancakes now. Like let's let's do this. I'm a champion. Like I'm gonna like level this thing up. Mm. Then it makes sense. But then just like not changing like your mystique or your aura with a with a higher presentation, it's just weird to me. Like you wouldn't do that in any other situation. Okay. Um, Cody Rhodes faced Anthony Ogogo. Uh, this was was this the the in ring debut of Anthony Ogogo? He's no. had two matches before. Huh? He's had two matches before. Okay. Uh, I was very impressed with Anthony Ogogo. I'm not gonna lie to you. I felt I felt he was he he. You know, I didn't even realize he had some the blindness. Yeah, percentage of his eyesight missing. I didn't that's, know that's about why he yet. stopped boxing. Right. So yeah, so I learned that over this weekend. I didn't I didn't know the reason why he he actually stopped boxing to be honest. Um, but I thought he did really good. I think for for a third time wrestling, uh, I think he, he he hung in there with Cody. I think Cody sold a lot of his punches well, which you don't really see much with boxing gimmick wrestlers. You know, you do have the whole thing of oh, they've got a super punch. You know, the, the big show did that whole punch thing, and he, yeah. he could knock people out. But sometimes, you know, that kind of gets lost where somebody's a, a professional boxer or, or has some sort of boxing background in wrestling, and then they wrestle for how many eon years, whatever. They, the whole punching thing kind of goes with missing a bit in the story. But I, I really loved how Cody really sold that this guy's punches are lethal um, and bigging him up of his background. Um, Max, what did you think of this match with Cody and Anthony Ogogo? Yeah, I, I was very much impressed by um, Anthony's, um, Anthony Ogogo's offense. It was more than just, you know, someone that's green and just started and, you know, just doing the bare minimum to get by, you know, as well as kind of the big man or the bigger man kind of stick. Um, he was actually had a little arsenal of moves that he was putting together. He did an angle um, slam. He done that. He done the Olympic yeah, slam. Yeah, he done yeah. the Olympic slam, which obviously fits in well with his character. Yeah. He done the frog splash, if you remember, yeah. which I thought was clean as hell, like the way he dropped that. Um, but yeah, I, I I was a bit disappointed in the result, if I if I'm honest. Now I I understand that you know Cody is who he is and everything like that. Um, you know they've put together this faction, the factory, and Cody's beaten QT. He's beaten. A go-go who's the biggest prospect of the faction is the faction rubbish now <laughs> like I, I don't understand and I, I feel like yes they can still kind of you know develop this story a bit more of it a go-go and the QT are tagging on Wednesday to face Cody and Lee Johnson a go-go probably pins Johnson to get a win back or something like that but um I just feel like will Cody be more self-aware like i feel like i don't know the selfishness maybe everything that he's previously criticized the likes of triple h for are we slightly beginning to see this more and more from himself elijah what do you think there's like i guess like yes and no like what should have happened is this feud should have just happened at a different period of time the faction formed like straight after pinnacle there's like sometimes there's too much going on in the show like that they had like a sick moment and a turn but because there was only a certain amount of weeks they could get this in it didn't really work for me and I, Cody had to win because it was Memorial Day weekend so they weren't going to have like they were going to have the American kind of win and make his point but 
Cody made some point about um, you know having a mixed race child or having a black wife, and it's like, and your go go's black. So like, I don't, like, I didn't really get what he was getting at. <laughs> and he's and he's from England as well. It's like I, I don't like as, as a British fan of wrestling, especially as a black man. I don't, I don't really want to see that in 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 my wrestling. I don't even want to see that that dynamic happen. And so maybe like I'm, I, I'd kind of check out of the match and like what what it means. But yeah, I, I, I don't I don't want I don't want I don't want to see a new guy getting beaten by a EVP when he's Olympic gold uh, Olympic bronze medalist. Sorry, mm-hmm. like I, I don't want to see that. Nah. Yeah. What feeling? Um. Yeah, I, I, it's a weird one. Like, I guess, I guess, I guess, Cody has been a bit generous with some losses in the business. When he first, remember when he first started with AEW, he he put a lot of people over at first, and then now he's kind of, you know, regaining his 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 winning streak back. Because obviously, <laughs> eventually, it's gonna come down to Cody and Omega. Well, point. Cody has banned himself from the AEW but championship. That, but that's that's not going to happen. Next. Well, it is. They don't have to. They have, they have to stick to it. They have to. They have to. That, they're not. They could. They could go to Omega and Cody after Omega loses the title for like I guess like some sort of power control between the EVPs. That's what Cody, they could. They, Cody's but they've done the feud already. They've done it. I've let you guys know now. <laughs> <They've done it. laughs> Cody is going it. to win that title at some point in his career. At some point, he's going to delay it. It's gonna get delayed. He's not gonna have it for any time soon. But he is going to win that belt for sure. For okay. sure. Okay. That see like that. If they break that stip, I'm. I, 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 I can. I can walk away from AW. Calm. <laughs> like I, I. Obviously, I enjoy this stuff, you know. But if they break that stip, then it's like okay. But what, if he, got, what if he cuts like a killer promo? Doesn't matter. As he Doesn't matter. Well. They didn't need to do it in the first place. No, 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 no. <laughs> they didn't need to do it in the first place. If, if you see, like, if you see, like in WWE, we have multiple rematches, so you you got you up the kind of ante of each thing. On this one, it was the first match with Jericho, and he just goes, "Oh, if I don't win, then I'll never try challenge again." All right, go for it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, this is. No, the, I do hear your point. Um. All right, I really like this match as well. Miro versus Lance, uh, Lance Archer. Uh, I thought these two worked really well together. It's kind of a, yeah. I wouldn't say a dream match. I don't think this is on anybody's dream match, but it's mm. it's something that you would want to, you know, if, if you ask me a couple of years back, oh, who would you put WWE versus NJPW, you know, when Lance Archer was in NJPW and, mm. and Miro was Rusev, I would have probably put them together in a solo match. So I was actually, I was actually looking forward to this match. Uh, Max, what did you think of this submission, technical submission match between Miro and Lance? It was just a just a beefcake match, like just <laughs> brutal, two big guys beating the hell out of each other. I wish they were kind of afforded a bit more time. Obviously, in, in recent times, we've seen a lot of these matches in WWE between the Braun Strowmans, Drew, Bobby Lashley, Sheamus, that kind of crew. But yeah, this was similar. I thought Rusev looked brilliant. Um, for those that don't know before them before the pay-per-view they had like a weigh-in or i think it was yesterday in fact they had a weigh-in and um rusev rusev miro attacked um jake the snake at the weigh-in so he's obviously still riling up um lance archer um lance archer came straight out you know very annoyed done the old school thing walked the ropes and the backflip which is always cool to see um 
Jake the Snake came to get involved again with a snake in bag and Miro took the snake bag and just launched it back down the entranceway. Um, the whole crowd was screaming and then he had this kind of real crazed look on himself on his face and I thought, this, this is the guy we've been waiting for, you know, finally, after all this time, he has now arrived um, and he eventually locked in the, um, or he calls it the game over, the, the accolade or camel clutch yeah. or whatever they call it. Um, Made him humble. Yeah. Made yeah. him humble, Elijah. Made him humble. <laughs> it was, it was, he didn't even last long in it, you know, before long, referee just kind of went down to the mat and just said, he's passed out, it's, it's done, it's over. But um, did you notice the commentary on it though, yeah? No, what did he me. say? Oh, the commentary is the most important thing. It said Lars Archer had spinal surgery four years ago. So that's yes. why. Yes, he said that earlier on in the match, didn't it? Storytelling. That was the way of getting out of that. Storytelling. I like it. Um, good point you mentioned, Mex, about this is what we've been waiting for with Miro finally being shown like the, the, the beast that he is, that he was in WWE in his early days. Um, I actually quite I know that I know AEW got a bit of slack for having certain wrestlers that they've acquired that wasn't really given much or, or, or wasn't really pushed like they should have been in WWE. Mm. And people wanted them to be all right, come into AEW and become an instant success. But I actually feel AEW did a really good job of just acquiring this talent and then just slowly building them up back to where they are. Because it's still because I think once you do the whole thing of you're acquiring a WWE talent and bring them straight into your company and doing what WCW has done for so many years and then to skyrocket in that straight talent to the moon. straight to the moon. That means you're still, in a way, putting over WWE. Mm-hmm. You're still making WWE look like a better brand because you're like, look, we have this mega stuff in WWE, so we need to use this guy to be our mega star. That you're, you're, really make, you're just kind of letting us know, in a way, that WWE is where it's at if you want to have a star. So, but I feel like they did a smart thing in my opinion, I think it was very smart for them to have them in the company and then just leave them laying in limbo for a little while and then slowly build them up. And now, when I think of Miro, I don't even think of Rusev. I think of Miro. Do you get what I'm saying? I think of an AEW star. Um, and who's the other guy they could have done that with? Um, this, they must have signed someone WWE recently and they kind of slowly haven't used them. Someone else. I, I'm, I, I'm, sure. I'm not talking about I mean, anything. I agree. I completely agree with you. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think the majority of people just weren't into what Miro was doing in the in that limbo period, in that meantime, with the whole gaming stuff. Which, yeah, it became his persona when he was released from WWE because he was online, he was on Twitch, and all of that kind of stuff. So that they they let that kind of play into his on screen, you know, persona. And I just think people weren't into it. But 100%, everyone would have waited for, you know, this mirror to eventually come if what he was just doing beforehand was a bit more interesting, I guess. Elijah, what did you think of Miro throwing um, the snake bag? <laughs> I, was trying, I guess, like, I, 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 I guess I didn't watch, like, a lot of, like, Miro's earlier stuff in WWE. Oh. So I don't know if he had, like, great matches, but, like, this match and the match with Derby... Is like the best things I've seen him do ever. So Miro in WWE, he had great matches with Roman Reigns, Cena, okay. um, Cody. He had a great match with Cody one time. Um, so he had, yeah, he had some great matches. He had, and people, yeah. Really yeah. So, but um, yeah, man. but to have you lost like the last two matches he's done, or I didn't see the Dante Mountain one, but like the these TNT title defenses, or, or the one way one and this one, like if that's the first time you've ever seen this guy. It's like, oh, 
yeah, this this guy's serious, like exactly, exactly. Um, one of my highlights of the night was this next match: uh, Britt Baker versus Harik. How do you say Harico? Hikaru. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this match, and I actually felt it was the right decision to put the title on Britt Baker. I think I think she's done a lot of great work when she, since she turned turned to a heel. Uh, a lot of her promo work has been very funny, very comical, but yet yeah, uh, just a, a very likable heel. And this showed, I think the crowd was red hot for her and, and they were very happy that she won the title. And I really like the new women's championship as well. I like I like the, the, the look of it. And every time, that's a that's an old wrestling trick. Every time they change the title, they're going to put it on somebody new. So I, ha- I had a feeling like she was going to win this match. But um, Elijah, what did you think of this match? Um, yeah, again, like I was saying when I joined is that AEW falls into this trap where you kind of know what's going to happen or you kind of, it's been building for so long. Um, she'd have been a champion for a year. Um, she'd have broke her nose last year at the beginning of the pandemic. You, you kind of know. So the crowd is just waiting for waiting for her to win, basically. You're just, they're, they're just sitting at the edge of their seat, waiting for it. And I think for a performer, that must be really difficult to kind of, to kind of not deliver until it's delivered, basically. So in that sense, it's kind of hard. And to be honest, like Britt Baker and another thing about AEW in general, they have these heels where people enjoy enjoy the heel work. It's not just like heat. And you're going to have these weird reactions where she's actually getting cheered, even though she's like cussing people. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's going to be fun when she starts cutting promos in front of big crowds, because effectively she's going to be a baby face by a heel. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, yeah. it's going to be weird. For sure. So, yeah. Uh, Max, did you right decision? Yeah, man. This has been like Elijah said. It's it's kind of been overdue to an extent. Um, she's been absolutely brilliant. Although she just carried the belt and had brilliant matches throughout the pandemic period, Britt Baker has been the star of the division. Even when she got injured, um, she was still on TV every week, cutting promos and doing what she could. Really got her character over. She's improved in the ring. She's improved with her um, promos. Um, and, and I, I think, think that, that and I think that main event she had must have really done wonders. The one with Thunder Rosa. Yeah, where she yeah, the head open and all that stuff and her teeth and mashed up her face. And, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously she had the after she won the title, she had a little embrace with Tony Shavani, which at first was they said, Oh, Tony's left commentary and stuff. So I thought obviously he's gonna meet her up there, have a little interview, you know. Um man started hugging her. Yeah, so uh, Tony Shavani's obviously been helping her a lot backstage behind the scenes, develop this character um with her promos as well. So yeah, I guess that's what that was, you know, kind of a nice moment. But um but they had that on screen frenemies thing, innit? It's like they yeah, had yeah, yeah, the yeah. first episode, so it's like yeah. Again, it's just like just subtle, subtle, subtle things. You didn't need to like take up loads of time, but it's just like oh, like yeah. a, sta- yeah. a, stadium, <laughs> a stadium full of returning fans that were happy to see her win that title. But not everybody was happy to see her win that title. Did you hear what WWE did when she won that title? They done that before. Oh, was that before? They done that like two, three days ago. Oh, well, then that's all right. Then. Well, I, I don't think that's a big deal then, because there was a big controversy about it online. And I thought, well, okay, they must have sent that, they must have posted that as soon as she won the belt. But no. it was a few days before. That's not that's not that deep. Did you see Elijah? You know what we're talking about? No, no. Nia Jax squashing Britt Baker in 2016 in a match. Again, these kind of things are like more damning for them. That's like 100%. You, you missed out on a star, you missed out on on having some of these people and um like look at the positions of the two the two the two stars 100 percent. yeah 
Sting and Darby Allen faces off against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. So I actually thought when I first saw that first uh, promo with Sting joining Darby Allen in the car, I thought, okay, this is gonna be another Hollywood match. I'm actually I'm here for these matches, especially with especially with Sting. I don't really want to see that man in the ring anymore, if I'm honest with you. So I actually think the cinematic stuff kind of works with Sting. I think they've actually because when they did that that match with the the tag match with Team Taz, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. So I thought, okay, more of this, I don't mind. But then actually, no, I was wrong. It was actually, it was actually a <laughs> And um, I don't know. Because things. it seems that people are happy with Sting's performance. I think he's done well, man. He's 62, bro. I think he I think he did as well as he could have done. Him him no selling that suplex on the edge way and just getting up straight afterwards and standing behind yeah, Scorpio that was Sky. Nice. I, I like that. And he did the dive afterwards. I like that. Um but I, I guess for me, it's because I know what he can do. I wasn't, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say he still got it. Because people were saying that online, like he still got it. He could still go. Yeah, that's, a, that's an exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's an appreciation thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. like, to be honest, like, this made my morning. I watched this this morning, yeah. And I was just chilling, like, you know, just, just in my seat. And then when, when he took the suplex, I was like, yeah. I don't want us to go wrong. He popped up and I popped. Yeah. And then, yeah. He, and then he dived off the thing. And yeah, I popped yeah. again. He yeah. took off his shirt. I popped. You know what? And I think I think that's exactly that was the whole point of that. He's gonna take this suplex yeah. and the whole crowd is gonna worry, like, oh my god, is he done? But if he no sells it and gets up straight away and yeah. does the dive afterwards, yeah, and then he takes off the sure. shirt and everyone can see, you know, he's still in good shape, he's still in all right shape for his age, especially. Um yeah, man, I think I think it I think it worked. No, for sure, big up Sting. No, you're right, big up Sting. And Elijah, and it worked. It did work. It did work because obviously everybody was talking about Sting. Sting was trending. He was trending online after this, yeah. after that match. So it worked. And um, I love Sting. I, I'm I've been a massive Sting for years. So massive Sting mark for years. So I'm always excited to see Sting whenever it happens. I just I just wouldn't go as far to say that I don't think he can have a full match. Does that make any sense? I think these tag matches oh, no, that he no. got, that needs to yeah. happen. But I like the it, no scale. It, it could have been booked differently. Like, see, like at a, big, a few weeks ago on Dynamite, they had Archer talking to Sting, and Sting's like, "Go for it, go for it, go for it." So they yeah. could have put Archer with Darby and Sting, had another another man with Page and Scorpio Sky, and had it as a six man. Then you get less, a bit less of Sting. There's less demanded of him. You get the moment where Archer, Sting, and Darby are standing next to each other. You could kind of, I don't know, move. Move them lots away from Jake a bit because it's a bit, I don't know, it's not really working, it's not clipped, yeah. And it, it wouldn't have put as much pressure on Sting having to do that much, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. for sure. And it makes a different a different match. Like you have a tag team title match, then four matches later, you've got obviously a, just a random tag match. I think just having a six man just switches it up, another body on TV is something different. Yeah, they may do that. They oh, may yeah. put Miro with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. I guess that's something they could still do in the future. Um, do you see Ethan Page's eight throw? Um, yeah, despite the despite Dudley spot, despite Dudley spot, yeah, mate. Yeah. What the, the hell was that? I never saw that coming. Yeah, no, despite Dudley spot there. Shout out to Spike Dudley and, and Bam Bam Bigelow from ECW days. But yeah, that was a really nice spot. <laughs> and it landed and it landed on Darby's family, which I liked to buy because that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So you never know because, and that that could I don't know if Darby's brothers or, or wrestlers or into wrestling or or because even you would imagine Darby's probably was taking all these crazy spots of them before he became a professional wrestler. So you never know; they might have a little first of taking spots themselves, maybe not getting into the ring, but at least taking some bumps. 
So if this could continue, this feud could continue with Darby Allen and Ethan Page, where the family gets involved, and you might see the family doing some. It's crazy definitely stuff. continuing between those yeah. two. Yeah. So um, one thing I really loved about this finish was the intelligence of Sting, the experience. You know, the sixty-year-old veteran Scorpio's catch had to do that springboard cutter. Sting holds onto the rope, gives him the, the Scorpion death drop. So mm. I thought that was a very clever way to finish the match, and and that was it. Just a Scorpion death drop, and that's it. One, two, three. No, no kick out. No long. Again, you can show this match to someone that hasn't watched wrestling in 10, 20 years, and they would enjoy it. Like just Absolutely. no context. Like you don't have to tell them how old Sting is. You don't have to give them any context of Darby Allen. It's just like, this is the bad guys, this is the good guys. And that's it. You're absolutely and, right. Or you wouldn't even have to say that. You could literally just be like, bam, play. Work it out. 13 minutes later, and people were like, oh, right, wrestling is still sick. Like, absolutely right. And that goes on to the next match. I have the same sentiment for this match, the three-way AEW World Championship match. I felt this match was thoroughly entertaining. I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely loved this match. I'm not going to lie. I think this probably, <laughs> this was probably my favorite match of the night. I think. I don't know if you guys disagree with me or not. Uh, this but... match was a lot of fun, yeah. The only thing I found was the Kenny Omega using all the belts I felt was a tad overbooked. But I, hey, listen. His... I, I love it. I love that. Uh, no, yeah. I love you that. know what? I'll, I know what? I'll give it to him. I, I, uh, this is Max. I've got no problem with that. It's, it's you know why? No, I don't have a problem what? with it because, like I said, I, I had a problem with it until I thought this, this character of Kenny Omega is extra. He is over the top. This yeah. is exactly what he are you would seeing, do. Are you not seeing that that's where they're going? Like Elijah obviously yeah, mentioned yeah. That earlier with the weird kind of character of Kenny. But even with how the young bucks and how Gallows and Anderson are kind of dressing up. They're extra. Yeah. They're getting extra now. So this is like another version of Bullet Club. Like an alternative version of Bullet Club where they're just a bit more hokey That's what I mean. But they're still badass. Do you get what I mean? But it still works. But um, I listen, I felt... I thought Orange Cassidy was amazing in this match. Park, Park is Park. Park is yeah, one of the yeah. best wrestlers I've ever seen, period. Yeah. And, and Omega is the best wrestler today. So you've got one of the best wrestlers you've ever seen in Park, the best wrestler today, Kenny Omega, and an <laughs> upcoming fun, just a fun wrestler who just know, who knows his character to a T and makes it work, no matter what the dynamic is. I thought this was booked brilliantly. I love the spots. Like it was so Alice, I laughed and I I I really thoroughly enjoyed this match. So um Elijah, what did you think of this triple threat match? Um yeah, just when you think that you haven't seen enough different ways for Orange Cassidy to put his hands in his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Mind the, blowing. Elijah, the reversal, the reversal <laughs> off the top rope. <laughs> Oh my days. I was again, again, like I think what I was saying about main event gimmicks. Is Orange Cassidy a main event gimmick? On paper, no. Does it work in a main event? Yes. So is it a main event gimmick? Yes. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I wouldn't if you asked me this two weeks ago, I would have said no <laughs> way. After watching the last I guess and I, I, seeing is believing as well. Wrestling has to be. That's what wrestling needs to do more, is seeing is believing. Give people a chance. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you've got to give people a chance. I think there's a lot of, there's too many no's. I'm not talking about AEW. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Other know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's too many no's to even fathom a thought of, this could work. Oh, now nah, he would never. Remember, like, imagine like when Damon Sandow was red hot and he had that stupid, kind of similar to what Orange Cassidy does. He had those stupid gimmicks. He was the Miz's um, stuntman. He's doing all that stuntman stuff. Very similar to what Orange Cassidy does. He and he was up the crowd. Was, he was over with the crowd. But he was never given, even though he won money in the bank, they took the money back away from him because they didn't want to believe 
he could become a star. But Orange Cassidy's proven he could have been a star. He could have been something. So um, yeah, absolutely. I, I I thought this was brilliant, and I love that that title spot. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, just 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 some of the some of the reversals like Pack. I, I don't know. Like, there's some of the wrestlers in AEW that like may never get proper runs with with the title. That they need to change the dynamics of what a world title is or what a world champion is. Like I don't think a world champion has to be world champion for six months or three months, or whatever. That's if like Pack has it for for one month and two defenses. It'll be worth it. Well, Elijah. So Elijah just made a good, very good point. And Park was the other guy I was thinking of. That's what I was thinking of. It was Park. Remember, I, said, a, I, yeah. said, about, I said Miro, Miro, and Park was the other yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. going off Elijah's point, I think this is why the likes of WWE they don't bother with the Sandals and stuff because they think the world title has to be six to twelve month run with it. You know, so they won't give someone their spotlight because they're hot at the time. You can crown someone that is hot at the time. And if you, even if it lasts, you know, like we're saying, six weeks or something, or, you know, why not? Like, we, we there's too much of, you know, a rigid, rigid approach with these things. Yeah, because like, don't you want this? Don't you want to see Pac as champion? Don't you want to see Ray Phoenix as champion? They want to see, I don't know, like um, Darby Allen. Like, why not? Like, mm-hmm. why, why not? I mean, if we want to see different looks of champions different kinds of matches different finishes like how how do you how do you get out of a paradigm of like just you can only be the the the, the top 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 guy like it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense and like no other sport works like that Leicester won the premiership yeah exactly yeah exactly Liverpool won the premiership oh. <laughs> ah, <I like> it. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming back next year trust me <laughs> there you go um, in the circle, pinnacle, uh, stadium stampede match. This was uh, this, this is the second time this there's been a yeah, the second time, yeah, so two years in a row now. Um, I don't know about this one. I'm I personally thought the first one was better. Last, yeah, me, was, me was too. Better. I really enjoyed the first one. This one, uh, I don't know, it was a bit just long, me. yeah, it was too long. This match was 31 minutes and 30 seconds, and it was just. There was some stuff I really enjoyed about this match, but it just got to be. I did love the Conan pop uh, cameo though. I popped for that. That was pick cool. Up, pick up Conan. I love Conan. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think you know how it ended was very good. Yeah, Sammy Guevara getting the win back. Sammy Guevara is you know the person that has kind of he was at the center of the inception of the pinnacle with you know being kicked out of Inner Circle or whatever by MJF, and then um, obviously he costed. In a circle, the blood and guts match by surrendering to save Jericho. So him being the hero at this time is very much, you know, what I kind of assumed was going to happen. But it was good to see how it kind of played out. And now, you know, where I guess Jericho is still holding this arm injury and rumored to be going on tour very soon. Guevara can kind of step into this position of the kind of deputy to Jericho as you know running the inner circle um, with these other guys behind him. It looks like maybe they're going to do a rubber match, maybe between Inner Circle and um, um, Pinnacle, because you know it's one apiece now. So whatever that will be, whenever that will be. But um, yeah, it was just a cool kind of brutal match. I, I don't think it was anywhere near as entertaining as the first one. Um, no. And maybe it's because they had to kind of take into consideration. I know some of it was pre-recorded, but obviously they had a live crowd there, so maybe you had to come back into the ring and do whatever. But um, yeah, it was it was it was good. Should it have finished the show though? Do you think this or the Omega match should have finished? For me, the Omega match should have finished the show. Mm. 
But then again, I guess I don't know what actually no, it'd be the right thing to finish the show with this month because you wanted the crowd. The crowd's back for the first time for a year or so. You want them singing along to Judas. To Judas. <laughs> you kind of want that little nice feel-good ending. So I, I guess that's what happened. Yeah. Um, I do want to see these guys face off once more. I do enjoy it. I mean, really enjoying this rivalry. I think this rivalry and the storyline is really, really good. So I do want to see more of this. Um, we'll see where it goes. Um, Mark Henry has joined. He's all elite now. He's joined I've got, I've got two apparently, things to say. Apparently he wants one more match. Why? Why does he want a match? He said this like uh, two months ago or so. He wants another match because he feels like he hasn't got to give the rub to anybody. He doesn't just want to leave without, you know, putting someone over ideally. And I think we all kind of speculated at the time, well, that person should probably be Keith Lee. But then Keith Lee's been off TV for such a long time. With the Mark Henry thing, i got two things to say. One, how is WWE allowing all like their legends to just kind of come over here? And I obviously it's not allowing per se, but it's like, why are the roles that these guys are taking up in AEW not afforded to them in WWE? And surely that's got to be an issue. And two, with the Cody speech the other weeks about this, that, blacks and this, isn't it somehow a bit convenient they just sign a black man and announce it on what is their biggest show? Well... I think the Mark Henry thing was always in, was in talks for a little while. Uh, when Mark Henry was expressing how much he's enjoying AEW on the podcast. Quite a few yeah, he has been doing that ago. quite a bit. And then, Tony, and then I think Tony Khan was a guest on the podcast that Mark Henry was involved in. And they had a conversation on the podcast. And Mark Henry was like, oh, like, sign me up. He's like, and, and Tony Khan was like, yeah, I'm thinking of getting you involved. And he's like, yeah, sign me up, brother. So I think that was, that was always in the talks to get Mark Henry involved. And obviously, Mark, Mark Henry and Big Show are like really, really good friends. Yes, I think that's so probably that, the that great. That would have helped him as well. Um, and in regard to the producer, I think they've I think Mark Henry and Big Show have both been like producer roles in WWE after they retired and stuff like that. I think they've both been actively part of. I feel that they're just they're probably a bit more passionate, they're probably enjoying the product AEW more. They are WWE, they're probably enjoying it in terms of watching it. You know, there's certain there's certain talent in WWE that will probably intrigue Henry and Big Show, mm. but in terms of like being able to be effective in a new, whole new environment, whole new company. It must be really appealing for them. So that's probably what it is. More than anything. Um, but if yeah. you've been working at the, with the same company for 20 plus years. Yeah, exactly. Like, that re- is, realistically, that like, it's just, it's just good to, yeah, it's just good to step away and do something new, like yeah. work with different people, different system. No. I 100% agree. I just feel like as a, as a, you know, if you say you're WWE as a, as a, as a corporation like WWE, wouldn't you be concerned that no one wants to stay here? At what point do alarm bells start ringing that, you know, these are all your top legends. Legends, you could say, you know, yeah, maybe someone to WCW and then came to you, but these are your legends, your Hall of Famers, and they're all going to work for, you know, who is, I guess, your closest to competition in North America. Isn't that concerning if you're running a company? That happened in the 90s. That's bound to happen. Like, the older talent and older people who have already made a name in the wrestling industry were going to WCW and WCW go back to WWE back and forth. TNA, right. Yeah, yeah, TNA. I guess, no, I but think, I, think, I guess I think, that was based on money, like going from WWE This is money, this is definitely this this is money. money, yeah, of course. This is money, bro. You're working for a billionaire, man. Bro, Tony Khan's giving them bank, bro. This is money. Right, but what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, I think WWE should start to worry if it's the main talent right now. If the, the likes of the Street profits and the likes of uh, 
you know, uh, Seth Rollins, Cesaro, or stuff like that. If they want to start going to AEW, that's when I'll start to worry. But I, they're not going to worry. But but there's a there's a ceiling anyway. There's a limit of how many people can go. So right. like in this period, the last couple of years, you might not have a wave like this again. Because mm. from think about it, from October 2019 to now, they went from like a one show thing to a YouTube, then two YouTubes and two TV shows and pay per view and live events. It's like it's a completely different thing to what was originally proposed. So yeah, you can't get ten more WWE guys on there. Like it's just it's not going to happen. Like how many producers do you need? How many answers do you need? So they've they've got a new show coming. Remember in August? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they've got a lot of guys as well. So like they've got how many announcers? Like they've got um, Shivani, Excalibur, Jr., Taz, Big Show, Mark Henry. You got other people that can step in and, and do work. I hear, you know, I listen to Dark sometimes, and I'm just like, okay, imagine if you're training some of these these other guys that are kind of towards the end of their careers, like um, Sean Spears and Dustin's and and these kind of people um, to to get in the commentary and get in the pr- production, and you know, Jerry Lynn's there. All these people, like, yeah, there's yeah. there's more than enough, like, profit. Sure. All the best to him, though. All the best to Mark Henry. All right, let's let's rank let's rank AEW double or nothing out of five. Elijah, I'm gonna to come to you first, my man. Uh what would you give this paper? Um so it's just it's a solid four out of five, like like a classic um main event, like well, you know, classic world title match. Um Stadium Stampede was fun but not great. Excellent world tag team match. Sting was super fun. Um, there's other like other moments. There was a bit of a dip in the middle of the show, but um, yeah, it's just another another great AEW pay per view, man. I'm I'm read, I'm haven't really been dis- I think I've only been disappointed by one, and one out of about I think about eight of them now. Yeah. Um, or no, actually, it's with how many years in now? Oh, about two. Years yeah, in. two and a half years in. So yeah, doing all right. I think it's... so four. Yeah. I'm a, I'm agree with Elijah. Max? Yeah, I'm going to agree as well. I think maybe the one thing that kind of, I say let it down, it was that it was actually quite a long card. It was like, what, nine to ten matches on it, which makes sense because they only have pay-per-views like every three months or so, every two, three months. But um, yeah, that's what probably made the, caused a bit of the dip in the middle sort of thing, a little bit of lack of energy. But um, other than that, yeah, really good show. Well, Elijah, thank you for joining us, my friend. Um, uh, we so need to good. do more. We're gonna do more of this again. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens at Dynamite this week. And um, I'll mean, <laughs> only come on here when it's AEW pay per views or if WWE ends up working with New Japan. <laughs> hey, listen, that's if that happens. I've, that needs to, yeah, we need to, we need to, we need to document all of that if that happens. So, uh, but yeah, thank um, you, thank you for joining us, my brother. That's all love. And uh, Max, I guess we'll uh, see what happens on Raw this week and we'll follow up with some more wrestling later on in the week. Sure. Um, we got, uh, we got some special interviews coming up. I think we got Paul Heyman on the show on Thursday. And um, what? Yeah, we got Paul Heyman on the show on Thursday. So we, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And then um, and we'll just talk about whatever's, whatever's next, I guess. Um, cool. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. All right. So we'll leave it as that. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Elijah. Um, this has been a kick out. Uh, guys, please subscribe, follow us as you always do, and keep supporting and showing people around our products. And we've got some more stuff coming. Peace. <laughs>